0: Welcome back to Everything's Public Health. I'm MJ. There is no Public Health Plus, to show after the show this week, but here is a bonus episode that we recorded a while ago, so it might sound a little bit different. Hope you enjoy, and we will return with Public Health Plus next Monday.
1: Okay, so before we jump into this Medicaid gap, why don't you Mm -hmm. give the listeners a super brief Medicaid history?
0: You got it. Okay, this is the history of Medicaid in 30 seconds. Here we go.
1: Okay, I'm timing you. (laughs)
0: Okay, here we go. In 1965, as a part of the Social Securities Act, Medicaid, along with Medicare, was established. The original eligibility was very limited, mostly to people below 133% of the federal poverty line. Over the course of the next few decades, the 80s and 90s, eligibility was expanded to children, pregnant women, disabled people, and some low-income elderly. But the main focus is still health insurance coverage for people that the government deem, quote-unquote, as needy or low-income. How much is that? that?
1: was Yeah, that was less than 30 seconds. Okay, like lovely. 28 seconds. <laughs> Winning.
0: Medicaid meant to cover the needy. And obviously, certain groups were added later, but that's essentially what it is. Now, Medicaid is a state-run program. So what does that mean? It means that the federal government tells them, these are the minimum things that you need to cover. These are the minimum things that you need to do. But the state has to actually run it. So besides following the federal government's minimum requirement, the mandatory bare minimum, it is entirely up to the states what they do with it uh, beyond that. This is going to come into play later, as you'll see like why this is potentially an issue when you give state that much power and decision-making abilities beyond what the federal government deem as the bare minimum. Currently, the eligibility for Medicaid are roughly <laughs> children below 100% or 133% of the federal poverty line, depending on age, whether you're below or over five years old, pregnant women below 133% of the federal poverty line, disabled or aged people below the federal poverty line, or parents below 40% of the federal poverty line. Notice that there's one group of people that is not on here, and that is adults. If you are an adult, and you are not pregnant, and you don't have kids, and you're not old, you are not covered in the federal mandatory bare minimum for Medicaid. This is one of the things that I want to highlight, because when we think of Medicaid, we think of, oh, it's for poor people like, no, it's not for poor people. It's for a very specific group of poor people, namely children, pregnant women, and parents. And that's it.
1: And that's where the air quotes around the word needy come in. Correct.
0: Because the federal government, if you are an adult, if you're over 18, and you're not a pregnant woman, and you you don't have a child, you are not needy, according to the federal government. Let's get into the main topic of today, which is the Medicaid gap. Okay? So this is MJ's overly simplified and overly dramatized theater You know what we call this? What? MJ's... MJ's hot takes. Okay, here we go. So because of how things are set up, the federal mandatory bare minimum is very, very low. And this is a state-run program. So states have the option to expand their Medicaid eligibility. But because it's a state-run program, there are differences between states. So some states expand their coverage to include more people. Some states just do the federal bare minimum. And as a result, a lot of people with low income are not covered. This is obviously a huge issue. So the ACA stepped in and was like, hey, Too many people who are low income are not covered. We need to fix this. And that's what the ACA set out to do. So the ACA solution was...
1: Wait, for listeners relatively new to public health, what is the ACA?
0: Oh, yes. The ACA is the Affordable Care Act. It had uh, many other names. Also known as... Also known as Obamacare. Although I've been told from Obama's administration that they don't want it to be referred to as Obamacare. But
1: this is so... So telling about naming and branding. Yes. Somebody went out and asked people, they presented all of the information from the Affordable Care Act and called it the Affordable Care Act. And it was like, Yes, we should totally support this. And then people were like, Do you support Obamacare? And they said no. Yeah. <laughs> and then the people were like, but they're the exact they're literally the same thing. Be like, wait,
0: what? <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the reasons why the Obama administration doesn't want the Obama name to be tied to it. So the ACA, also known as the Affordable Care Act, also known uh, by many as Obamacare, they stepped forward and they said, This is ridiculous. We are one of the wealthiest nation in the in the world. there's so many people that are low income that's not getting healthier coverage. We need to fix this. So the ACA said, Okay, this is how we're gonna fix this. We're gonna provide and a federal level insurance marketplace so this is a place for people to buy insurance uh, who don't have an employer so this is for gig workers for contract workers for freelancers for people who have the money maybe they work two part-time jobs or three part part-time jobs so maybe they have the money but they don't have access to employer health insurance so we're going to provide a federal marketplace for that
1: so just really quick for people who are not familiar with with insurance. Prior to these health insurance exchanges or marketplaces, people who were not insured through their employer had to buy as an individual, which made it much more expensive. But this marketplace allowed people to pool their risk together and generally get a lower rate than they would have otherwise.
0: Exactly. So the ACA said, okay, we're going to provide a marketplace for individuals who may not be covered from employer health insurance, but we're going to give them an option to buy their individual health insurance that won't be too expensive because we're going to pull all those people together. But obviously, even if we did provide this service, it's it's still going to be costly, right? And health insurance is not a cheap thing. So the ACA brilliantly said, you know what, we're also going to provide subsidies for people who may need it so they could buy health insurance at a reduced price slash discount slash they get money for it.
1: Higher quality health insurance.
0: Yes, one of the things that ACA did is to make sure that the insurance on the exchange is at a certain quality or above. Otherwise, you can't make it on the exchange. But they ran into an issue. Medicaid already exists. And because of the technicalities of the law, the ACA was not able to say, okay, we're going to set the thing at 400% federal poverty level and every, everyone below 400% federal poverty level gets a subsidy. They can't do that because Medicaid already exists and Medicaid already covered people below 100% of the federal poverty line. So they can't just say, okay, we're going to raise it to 400%. We're going to cover everyone below it. They can't do that because of a legal technicality. So their solution around this was say, okay, well, we're just going to say that the subsidies for the exchange is from 100% to 400%. And then we're going to go back into Medicaid and change Medicaid to say, okay, well, now states must cover people from zero to 100% of the federal poverty line. Right. That's their that's their solution to this technicality, which is we're going to approach it from both sides. We're going to cover people from 100 to 400 percent. And we're also going to expand Medicaid so that it covers adults, everyone that's underneath 100 percent. There was a two way
1: approach. Multi pronged approach. I love it. So traditional public health.
0: Yeah. And the good news is because the marketplace is federal and is not state run. So when the ACA passed, the 100 to 400 percent automatically happens. But because we mentioned earlier, the Medicaid is a state-run program. They can do whatever they want. They have to do the federal bare minimum, but they could do whatever they want beyond that. Some states covered adults. Some states don't cover adults. So the ACA was like, okay, well, this is going to be an issue. We are going to make sure that every state covers 0 to 100% of adults, not just like pregnant women and parents and children. So the ACA was like, look, hello, 50 states. This is the ACA speaking. If you don't cover... Adults under 100% of the federal poverty line. We are going to take all your Medicaid funding away.
1: That's a pretty significant threat because... Federal dollars cover a substantial portion of state Medicaid budgets.
0: Yes. So even though Medicaid is a state-run program, most of their funding does come from the federal government because the federal government wants Medicaid to happen. So the ACA stood up, put its hand on its hips.
1: Got a little saucy. Yeah.
0: Got a little sassy and saucy and said, you know what? If you don't raise your eligibility level to cover everyone who's under 100% of federal poverty line, we are going to take all your money away. And then tragedy struck. Some states... I'm not going to name who got a little salty. Yeah, that's the right word. So some states, they say, no, we're not going to do this. We want to keep our eligibility level low because that's what we believe in.
1: (laughs) Your voice for these states. (laughs) is <laughs> I'm sorry it's it's a lot you did you did disclose at the beginning that this was going to be your overly simplified and overly dramatized theater <laughs> presentation so I'm just you're just like you're on point you are delivering what was promised
0: and these so. states were like mm, they started scheming and they're like hmm there must be something we could do yes I know what t- we could do we don't like the ACA let's take the ACA to the Supreme Court of America And so this case went all the way to the Supreme Court. And long story short, the Supreme Court says, okay, uh, the ACA can stay, uh, but we do think that the Medicaid thing is a little bit of a coercive. It's kind of like extortion. You can't just threaten to take away all their money away if they don't do this. So we're going to scrap the Medicaid eligibility expansion thing that the ACA is doing. And the states were like, yay, we don't have to do this. As a result, that part of the ACA fell apart, which means some states have not expanded Medicaid. Some states did. So some states saw what the ACA was doing and they say, we agree with you, ACA. We think this is a very great program. And then we're going to expand our Medicaid eligibility coverage to cover everyone who is under 100% of the federal poverty line to match with the health insurance marketplace that you have set up so we can cover everyone that's under 400% of the federal poverty line. So some states were like that. But some states weren't like that. Some states were like, no, we're not going to expand Medicaid coverage. So... They did not do that. And what happened was you have this thing called the Medicaid gap.
1: Dun, dun, dun.
0: The Medicaid gap. So what happens is if you live in those states that have not expanded Medicaid eligibility, if you are above 100% of the federal poverty line, which is relatively easy to do because the federal poverty line is not that high, you can qualify for the subsidies on the healthcare market exchange. So you get a little bit of help to buy health insurance on the exchange if you're as an individual childless adult, right? But If you are a childless adult who is not currently pregnant, if you make below the federal poverty line, you are not covered by Medicaid in those states because they chose not to expand Medicaid eligibility. So as a result, not only are you not covered by Medicaid, because they didn't expand Medicaid eligibility, you're also too poor to receive the subsidies that the Federal Health Insurance Marketplace Exchange provides.
1: So you're too poor to get help from the state or federal government?
0: You're out of luck because you don't qualify for subsidies for the individual exchange, and you don't qualify for Medicaid as a childless adult in those states. That
1: just, just is not right.
0: It's not right because to think that this whole thing started essentially because of a legal technicality, which is the ACA can't change, can't use languages that go below essentially 100% of the federal poverty line because Medicaid already exists. So they had to they had to do these like two prong approach and it was going to work like their original plan was actually fine because if we we just force states to expand Medicaid coverage up to 100%, we'll cover 100% to 400%. And therefore, there you go, everyone under 400% would be covered, which is under roughly $48,000 a year, which I think is a relatively reasonable amount
1: to give people health insurance for. Not to dig too far into politics, but there's definitely a particular group of states that lean a certain way that chose to not expand Medicaid at the expense of the federal government, by the way, like the federal government was going to was going to fund the expansion. Mm -hmm. They chose not to. They sued up to the supreme court and had that provision struck down which that was going to get us a lot closer to universal health care which here's the thing that people might not know the government is already paying for these people's health care they're just paying it through through hospitals where there is uninsured there are uninsured people going to hospitals they can't pay their bills yeah And the government is then funding a lot of that coverage. There is medical debt and there are some other things, but like underinsured and uninsured people, they're just, they're not not going to the hospital. They're still going to the hospital and someone is paying for that. Thanks for listening. You can expect these more spicy and opinionated episodes every Monday.
0: If you like the show, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcasts. It really does help us immensely. And spread the word about the show.
1: As always, join us on Thursday for our main episodes. And remember, everything is public health. Everything is public health.